Hello and welcome. You're listening to the podcast, This Creative Life with Felicity O'Connor. Felicity is an artist, an art therapist, and a psychologist, as well as the founder of the Art Activator Program, which is one of the only programs that provides online support specifically for female artists who want to grow their creative careers with confidence. Each episode explores the world of female artists achieving great things and brings you insights and advice on how to be successful in the world of art. With women artists enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Art Activator program at bit.ly forward slash Art Activator program. Well, hello, everybody. This is your This Creative Life. I'm Felicity O'Connor. And um, I am with our guest today. I'm welcoming Gabby Melpas, who is a Sydney painter. And we've been wanting to line up and chat with Gabby, Gabby um, for some time, actually, because her and I met, um, I, Gabby, it would be, what, maybe four years ago? In four years ago at Dank Street. Oh, it was Dank Street. Yes, I was yeah. thinking it was Artshine. We met at Artshine. No, we did meet at Artshine. Mm. And then I I saw you had a solo show at Dang Street. And um, I remember you were very surprised that I actually showed up. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a beautiful show. You and Pamela were showing. And, you know, since then I've I've followed you. I've stalked you both. Um, And and just always very delighted in in what you do next. Well, well, I, I can admit to the same. Um, I've, I've been watching your journey with, with great fascination and it's one of the reasons I was really um, keen to catch up and get you on the podcast here because I think you're doing some really interesting stuff that, that many other artists would like to know about um, and know the process of. So mm. um, I was really keen to just hear how you were going and, and to chat and just before we got on the recording, you know, I was saying, yeah, there's some, you know, there's ups and downs, isn't there, for all of us and... That many people don't see the tough side of being an artist, and no, no, of course, there is such a tough side to it. Um, not just mentally and emotionally, I think, but even physically. Um, you know, just dealing with what you have to move around and pick up and deliver and chase up. You know, well, there's, there's a whole backside, isn't there, to being an artist? Yes, and and this is what, you know, we we all put our, as artists, we put our best life on social media. And so if anybody looks at my social media, you know, they, they say to me, oh, my God, you're killing it. You're, you know, you're doing so well. Everything's fantastic. And the reality is, you know, for every wonderful post, there's 10 disappointments, there's 10 rejections. <laughs> I can't tell you how many days a month I get depressed about it all because quite simply it's not true. And it's, as you say, it's it's physically hard because, um, you know, I'm constantly carrying, shifting, installing, taking things down, driving things over. Mm-hmm. And it's mentally demanding too because it's so personal. We put our heart and soul into what we do and if we get rejected or if someone doesn't like it or someone doesn't buy or someone says, why did you do that, which frequently happens, you know, we we get quite upset about it. I know I do. I've I've learned to manage it, but it's it still upsets you because it's so personal. So how do you how do you, Gabby Malpez, how do you deal with that? Well, I have to admit, um, I'm getting better, but, you know, and this is 
relative to licensing as well is, you know, and I, I learned a big lesson last year. Um, I've been licensing for about four years properly and, and approaching companies at least for 20 years. Um, and last year, you know, I, I had been ripped off, you know, my artworks all over the internet because as an artist in, in 2018, if, you, if you're not out in the, on the interweb, you're not seen. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword. And I was ripped off by a company on Alibaba, you know, taking my artwork and putting them on really horrible cushion covers. So, you know, there's, there's not much you can do. Um, I had to take it as a backhanded compliment as in, mm. you know, well, if my art wasn't good, they wouldn't be ripping it off. Right. But on the other hand, that made me hyper, hypersensitive to um, rip-offs and, and I was especially vigilant. And then last year I saw something, someone contacted me, they'd seen this um, reproduction canvas, they'd bought it in a store that I didn't know about, you know, and I don't recall the image, and I thought it was ripped off. But in actual fact, it had been licensed. So I had to really back down, apologise mm. to everyone, um, you know, and I, my post is still there on Instagram because what I learned was, you know, these things happen. Everybody was very forgiving, but it's it's how you react. So I own it. And mm. I will say, you know, I'm not perfect, I'm no angel. Things like this will happen. But I watch how other artists go through the same issues and how they own it. And I've seen other artists, um, you know, go after companies, which, look, I understand. And, but I also know the reality is as one person up against a company, it's not going to happen. Mm. And I actually had the same happen just recently, um, same cushions came up again and they were sold on these discount sites. But I changed my tack this time and I got in touch with the company and they had a really good process in place. And I turned it into a positive where I, you know, I said, look, this company was so good by um, taking down these products that were fraudulent um, and even the, the seller wasn't really aware because people buy these things in, in bulk and they don't, they're not really sure where they come from. Mm. And I said, you know, well done to the company. I'm now a follower. I'm now a fan. And it was a, it was a nice story. So it was a huge learning curve for me, but I also learned how to manage it in a way that didn't upset people, made me feel good, but was a positive spin on what is otherwise a distressing incident. Right. So in the first instance, you were sort of on the defence um, yes. and, and, you know, um, putting those negative sort of comments and so on. And then on the, in the second instance, you were saying you were more on the offence when you went in on the front foot, approached the company, felt better about it by the sounds and got a better outcome. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and by the, by the learning, you know, I realised, you know, look, that company didn't know. They, mm. they put things on their website in good faith. And, you know, if you look at the price of these things, you know, let's be honest, no one's, no one's buying new cars because they were, they were cheap products. So it was a win-win in that, you know, nobody got nasty. Everybody had a positive outcome. You know, I didn't, I didn't apportion blame. But 
I had to learn that and I learned that over a couple of years. Interesting to hear that. Gabby, let's go back a step just in case we've got, and I know we will have yeah. listeners that, that don't really understand what you mean. When you say licensing, can you explain that? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, so licensing is about royalties and to, to put it in a, in a context that people can understand, think about the Beatles. So the Beatles have long disbanded some have even died. Um, most should be retired. But <laughs> even now when a one one of their songs play on the radio, they get a royalty payment. Yep. So that is forever after. So in the context of art, think of it this way. You know, we all make beautiful work and some of us take months, weeks, years to make a painting. And... Once we sell it or give it away or, or when it's gone from us, it's gone. So I get my work professionally scanned or digitised. And you see, I've sold paintings, but because we are Australians and Australian law dictates that all artists automatically own the copyright, that means I have an image and a very good quality image that I can then offer to companies or, or sell for licensing. So that means they make my, might make products out of my image, so bedspreads, ceramics, etc. They may alter it, but for every product that's sold, I get a percentage of either the production costs or, or you know, or uh, retail costs or wholesale costs, depending okay. on it. And that's, that's organised, that's arranged, a legal arrangement, I'm assuming. That's, a, that's a legal arrangement. Yep. If, you, if you have a, if you ever enter anything like this, make sure you have things in writing because it's very easy to get, you know, distracted and, and things get confused because... I look at it this way, um, you know, I've been painting for 35 years and I'm looking to the future, you know, when I'm 80 and a bit shaky and <laughs> maybe my eyesight isn't so good and I can't do the detail I, I like to do, you know, I will have an income or I expect to have an income from past work that's being sold either as prints or on products or... Right. So how does it work if you've... You've got that original work, um, that painting, and you, you've, you've made your copies. Yes. And then you sell the painting. You still own the copyright, but you don't own the original painting. Is that right? Now, how does your buyer of that painting, um, how do you navigate that? Because yes. that buyer might see that same image turn up on, you know, somebody's coffee cup. I completely, completely understand um, and and this is an ongoing discussion because I, I do know a number of, of galleries especially do not like, yeah. um, you know, they they can feel it cheapens the work or, or you know, um, it it's, takes away from the original piece. Um, in my view, I actually found, I have found in my experience that people have actually sought out the original after seeing work on products. 
Okay. So to answer your question about how do I navigate if someone's actually bought the original, well, I, and this is different for everyone. Um, I am very prolific, so I do have a vast library of images because I've been digitising my work since 2009. So when I produce a commission or um, sell a painting, I might hold back on releasing that image for licensing for a couple of years or, or a few years or, or a few months. Or, you know, I, I release it on the condition that they just take elements of the painting and, and leave the whole painting intact. And that's doable. I also make sure when I supply a buyer with a receipt, um, that on the bottom of my receipt is a statement saying, all copyright remains with the artist. Right. And you explain what that actually means to your buyers? Not really. I do expect buyers to have a certain um, sense, and, and that, right. may be, that may be lax, and you may have a view on that, and I'm sure other people may have a view on that. So, yes, I, I realise that's a tricky situation. So I try, if I've just sold a work, um, I try not to... Depending on the size of the work, I don't sort of significant commissions. I generally hold back from licensing those in any form for at least a couple of years. Interesting. Yeah, I can see how that could that could work quite that well. That could upset. But, you know, I also have known that, you know, some clients, they really understand the artist's process and, and where we're coming from. The fact that, you know, we, we're a business. We're running a business. We have mm. to make Mm. And um, and sometimes they take it as a compliment to say, "Oh, look, that's my painting." Oh, yeah. Well, just, I was just thinking about that, you know, with the, with you know the world's great artists. Um, you know, when I a few years ago went to see the great P Picasso exhibition at the New South Wales Gallery, mm. of art, you know, and and I came out with my coffee mug, which I <laughs> love. Exactly. Yeah, I love having yeah. that little piece, of that little bit of Picasso, you know, around wrapped around my coffee in the morning. So. It's, yeah. You'd wonder how Picasso would see it. You'd wonder if, if Picasso would be sitting there. Yeah. At it. And I, I actually think he'd, he'd find it a great crack. He'd go, wow, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, think he, I think he might be right. But that's, it's an interesting then to think about how that brings art around our daily life, doesn't it? Our, our um, beds yes. or and, our placemats or our teachers. And, and we don't, I, honestly, I, I really didn't give it too much thought until I really started licensing um, seriously because just about everything in our daily life, if it has a pattern on it, that's been licensed. Yes. You know, wallpaper, cards, ceramics, yes. bed linen, our towels, our beach towels, our T-shirts, yes. the, the patterned shirts from Zara, they've all been licensed. So, um, yeah, and I, and I will make a point um, here in that the one thing that I am very careful about is positioning and brand. Um, you know, look, some deals are better than others, and I have to admit that um, generally Australian brands, because we have such a smaller market, you know, the population of Australia is 25 million, whereas the population of, say, America is 250 million. Mm. So you've got a bigger buyer base instantly there. 
you know so that's why you know licensing is a numbers game mm. Mm. so how would an artist that's listening to this today or someone that's been you know thinking that's the way i really mm. want to go um and i know there are several of of the artists in my audience that that are thinking this because they've been asking me about it and i said well Gabby Malpez is my go-to person on this. <laughs> um, so it's great to have you on the podcast. But how would an artist that's just thinking about this possibility for their career go mm. about it, Gabby? Where would they start? What do they need to do first? Well, the, the first thing I would recommend for any artist, no matter, no matter what medium or what you're working in or, or the type of imagery, is you've got to make more art. You've got to make more work. Yes. Um, it's It was very interesting. I, I went to Surtex um, this year and I was taken by Artshine, who you know as well, and, and mm-hmm. they are my art mentors and, and I trust them and, and they act as my agent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they took me to Surtex and I did get a lot of interest and it was marvellous because it's very validating. But the, the first thing... As an example, <coughs> excuse me, as an example, um, I was picked up by a French company for stationary products. And it all happened extremely quickly. Um, you know, I will say licensing can take months to, for contracts and, and briefs to come through. But the first thing they asked for was, you know, they had a timeline for 48 new cards and they wanted to see artwork for it. So if they wanted 48 new images, that means you had to give them at least 70 or 80 so wow. they could make a selection. Wow, really? And I had that. And it also means that ongoing, and that, that image, those images, they chose 48 and they went live at the end of September and they looked fantastic. They worked so quickly. Um, wow. They were an incredible... Um, company because you know in my experience it can take a year to get products out to market mm. um and and they were they were launching in september and you know the artwork went over in june and um and they wanted something specific they wanted five pieces um that were new and these were you know from the brief these were things that i hadn't done before it was a bit out of my comfort zone um but you know i i knocked them out and and we went ahead so that illustrates the amount of work you need to have now you don't have to have that amount of work but it does limit you Mm. so what i can say is just keep keep painting keep productive work hard keep making and I, as an artist and as someone who, you know, works every day, look, that's, that's, that's a big ask. It's incredibly hard because I sit there and I generally work every day and I produce something, at least three or four pieces every week. And to, to be able to churn out work, and I say churn it out, and I don't mean, you know, disrespect the work and do it quickly because people know it's got to be good. It's got to be accepted. But for, for you to sit there isolated and doing work and producing it and actually not knowing where it's going to end up or not even know if you're going to sell it or if it's even going to be taken up or, or a company will accept it, it's incredibly hard 
to keep motivated to keep going. Um, and I think we spoke at the beginning of the podcast of, you know, how you and I find it, how difficult it is to stay motivated when, you know, you haven't sold anything, you've been rejected for show after show, you've been rejected for competition after competition. You know, it's hard. Mm. So all I can say is don't stress, don't freak out, go with the flow and just keep producing. So they've got to make a lot of art, and I think that's a, a absolutely perfect tip. I think that's an incredibly important thing to, to mention. If they if they felt ready, they felt mentally, emotionally, financially, whatever, creatively ready. Um, how would they? What would be the next step uh, to okay. move towards this idea of licensing their work? What would they do? Okay. Well, the next thing, of course, and and concurrently is is get on social media. Um, if you're an illustrator or an artist and you're not on Instagram, come on, guys, get on it because <laughs> that is my go-to place yeah. to see what other artists are doing, to get inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow a lot of uh, gardens and botanics too because it's a great source of, of flowers and, and photos. But you, you need to see what other artists are doing. And also you start following the big brands and right. see what they're producing. So you see the sort of style that they're producing or, or the, the style they're working with. Right. However, the, the big thing that I learned, you know, and it's, it's, taken, it's taken years for me to get my mindset into a licensing mindset is, you know, initially I started looking at what these companies were producing and producing work in the same vein. Well, that's gone. Those companies have already put out that um, collection. They've already put out that fashion for this year. So they're looking for something different next year. Mm. So the the next thing that I'd say to an artist is trust your gut, believe in what you do, believe in what you do. If someone takes you up, if a company comes a calling, it's because they love what you do and how you roll. I learned some very interesting, very important lessons very on in my my career when I was commissioned by a couple of restaurants to do designs for their menus or or, a company in London, actually, to to produce something for for an editorial. And I really, I was in my 20s, so I had no, I really had no idea. And I was looking at what, had gone before and what they'd produced before and I produced work in the same vein and it came back to me and it went back and it came back and I didn't seem to understand that no no that they don't want to see what you know your copy of another artist's work they want to see the quirkiness the uniqueness Mm. the technique that you you produce you know all those dots those smears those odd colours, the, the quirky way you, you, you might do something. That's what they want. That's, That's fantastic. So, and, and that also comes back, I think, Gabby, to um, authenticity. And the, I've, I'm always banging on about this, but the importance of, you know, producing work that is so authentically true to who you are, and that, that really, really will come through. And I think you can, I know I can feel and see the difference. Yeah. Yes, and that and that definitely is true. And you know, look, I've I've got to be completely open 
in that um, since coming to Australia and, and you know, I've, I've been exhibiting and painting for 35 years mm. and I've really felt like I'm getting somewhere in the last, oh, excuse me, that's my, um, I'm going to start that again. That, I can't turn that off. That's my uh, email. My work email. Yes, I have a day job. I'm a project manager and I'm frontline tech support. <laughs> frontline <laughs> tech support for someone. Okay. Oh, I didn't even so, hear it. Go on. <laughs> yeah, so um, what was I going to say? Oh, what were we saying? Um, just about, you know, where, where the artist needs to go next. and what Oh, you, where, they, where they go next and... and um, what you've been learning about yourself. What, what I've been learning about myself and, and um, yeah, it's about believing in yourself um, and believing in what you do, but also for myself and this is just my own personal experience is people love my work currently because of the fine detail it's very botanical though it's not botanical art um it's very floral yes it translates well to products it does i can't deny that but i i actually do have messages in my work as well which i'd like to be known for and taken seriously for that but that process has actually taken me all this time and at 52, yep, let that sink in, 52, I finally feel like I'm getting somewhere. Mm. And it was astounding the difference in that even though I still have a day job and even though I still, you know, work, luckily I work from home um, and I'm doing work every day and I will when I get off this call, is that, when I started working on my art every day and switched my thinking into I'm a professional artist, my work just came on in leaps and bounds. And I don't know what it was. It was a, a mix of technical skill. Uh, I got better at drawing. I, I literally got better at drawing and I literally got better at my watercolour technique. Um, and it was also confidence in myself as an artist and where I was going. But it takes time. Yeah, that's great to, to, to hear that. And um, it's interesting. I was interview, interviewed for a book um, a couple of weeks ago and, mm. um, you know, I was, I was just in the flow of the interview sort of saying, yeah, I've probably been a professional artist for 25 years. And mm. the next sentence that came out of my mouth, it was, and I've really only just started. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's and I, I look at it. I also look at it like this too. You know, I've, I've had a, um, not many people know this, but, you know, I've, I've had a 30-year corporate history uh, as a project manager and mostly an agency, you know, branding, uh, digital agencies, advertising agencies. It's not a, it's not a happy experience, oh, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, 70-hour weeks, you know, Matt Black, everything. I was the archetypal agency bitch you know I and I did I did that I was I was a shocker I was <laughs> just very glad there was no social media at the time because you know I'm, I'm guilty of so many crimes um <laughs> but you know I I had that mindset of you know 35 years for 35 years and that's the other thing I would advise is you know financial stability I had to get that um, because I, 
you know, and all the time I was trying to make out, but I was, you know, up for a meeting the next morning at, at six or whatever. It, it's it's a hard life, but um, it's it's so worth it. And at fifty two, I'm regretting not starting sooner. So when you say you're just beginning, I, I really hear you. And to go back to my point about you know thirty five years a corporate career, we I find and I think it's true that people start hitting their peak earning power in their fifties. In a corporate career, you know, the CEOs, the MDs, they start hitting ascendancy in their late 40s, 50s. Mm. You know, and as as an artist, I was struggling in my 20s. I was struggling in my 30s. People like my work. And even in my 40s, you know, I was I was getting there. People like my work. But there was, you know, there, is, there was something not quite right or or. And this was in myself. I didn't quite feel it was, you know, quite there. And even in my 50s, now I'm so inspired. There are just not enough hours, many hours in the day. There's just not enough time for me to get down what I want to. And I have so many ideas. And yet I'm still learning how to push the boundaries. I'm, I know I'm holding back a, a lot of stuff and I want to get that out. So... I actually feel like, yeah, I, I can't wait to, to see how I progress in the next 10, 20 years because I think that's going to be a very exciting time. Well, that's, super, that's super inspiring, I, I think, for um, any of us um, to, to hear you say all of that. I think that's really brilliant. Did you, I mean, I'm just, just getting back to how an artist would kind of come in on this, this approach because what, you know, what you do mm. is really, really interesting to a lot of people, I think, um, in terms of find that financial, financing their career and um, yeah. thinking outside the square about their art and where it could sit. Um, did you, would you say that people could just go in and approach companies and major brands? Do you, do you think? Well, actually, um, I've done both. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll, I'll, also start off with you know with my corporate background and being a project manager I know how to read a contract I know how to organize in fact I timeline manage clients you know I say right if you want to launch at this particular time you need to have work by here you need to get me feedback by this amount by this date and you know we, we move forward so I come with skills that are very, very desirable. A lot of my clients say, I can't believe how organised you are. A lot of galleries do too. So take note, artists. They really notice if you're organised and, you know, everything's, everything's done. Um, now, in terms of going back to your question of, you know, should, should individuals approach companies? Well, look, I'm licensed to Maxwell Williams and I notice on their website that they have a link now for artists to contact them directly. If you do your research and you join LinkedIn and you join some of the licensing groups on LinkedIn, you'll see a number of um, recommendations and posts by, by people who recommend companies to approach. Now, there are a lot of American companies you can apply through their website. Mm -hmm. um, but from my personal experience, I would appro I've approached 
lots, you know, at least started to approach 10 a month for a year and the strike rate, the strike rate was minimal. So I learnt actually, yeah, no, mm. wait for companies to approach you or I have, I think, you know, I mentioned I, I took, started engaging with an art mentor in 2014 and they act as my agent and their strike rate is incredibly high. The other thing is what I've learned, especially the larger companies, is they don't want you to approach them. Yes, that's what because I was wondering Because a yeah. lot of artists, you know, and, and this we do do ourselves a disservice, and this is what I say about artists. You know, I've, I've famously said, you know, because I've, I've been briefing designers and, and working with developers on a lot of my working life, and... Mm. Um, I've always said, I've always joked, I never work with creatives, they just shit me. Because, <laughs> you know, you're managing the creatives and a lot of um, companies, they, they may love an artist's work, but they can't be sure how you roll. Will you deliver on time? Yeah. Will you understand the contract? Will you then, you know, we've, we've given you a contract, we've taken your work, we've put it on products, will you then go and sell it? to someone else without our knowledge, you know, things like this. So, and I'm, I don't want to say all artists because that's, that's not the case at all. And a lot of artists do it themselves and very successfully. And I run my own contracts independently of, of my mentor, Artshine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that quite well. They're, they're a couple of my best clients. Um, but if you're not sure, if you're new to it, if if you're not sure about the jargon, and especially when contracts are involved, I would advise you to, you know, engage a mentor or, or an agent or, or, you know, a licensing agent. Um, but, again, in my experience, not all licensing agents are the same. So, you know, so check that as well. Okay. Yeah, so people really need to do their homework. And I think you make a great point about research um, in terms of looking at companies, but also research in terms of understanding the back end of how deals get put together, what legalities there are. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic advice. I'm talking to Gabby. Gabby Malpass uh, has had a tremendously successful career um, in licensing her artwork. And now I realise that she's had all this background as a project manager <laughs> in a corporate setting. It's, it's all fitting together in my head. I'm like, ah, oh, that's how she knows that stuff. Um, but, look, we can always learn. And I think that's the joy of, of moving forward as a creative. You're constantly learning, not just in the microcosm of the studio, but you're learning on a broader scale about things like contracts. We should be. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's yes. part of our growth and, and part of what... What's um, interesting, and, and I think as artists, you know, we it was it was really interesting. A light bulb, and this sounds this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but this is where I say, look, I really know how hard it is because even thirty five plus years in a corporate setting, I'm still working in it. It took until two thousand and fourteen for me to apply what I'd learnt and my own business skills to my own art practice. Mm. 
So until that time, I was still giving away more than I was selling. I was still under doing deals. I was still being silly about certain things because for some reason in my head, I still hadn't felt I was good enough or I was there to to actually get a bit harder and smarter and say, actually, no, that deal's not going to work for me. I want more. Wow. Or, you know, no, no, this is, no, I, I can't just do this at the drop of the hat or, or I can't just change an entire artwork, you know, because you might want to put it on a coaster. You know, I, I had to physically stop and, and you know, talk to to my mentor and this took months you know and then finally this light bulb was was literally a ping the light went on in my eyes and went oh 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 my god I've got I've got to apply all of this that I know to running my own business fantastic good for you what a, what a great jump in your mindset then to sort of feel that you deserve that yes and and what I'm saying is you know it, it's a huge leap and it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I think a lot of our listeners can can relate of, mm. you know, everybody for so long has told them, oh, your art's wonderful, but, you know, friends and family expect to be given a painting for Christmas, you know, all of this stuff that goes on. And you've got to sort of stop, no, no, this is my business. <laughs> absolutely, put the business hat on. And, uh, I mean, you know, you know I'm... I'm big for supporting artists, particularly all the women artists out there that um, seem to be struggling uh, continually with, with valuing themselves, with uh, appreciating that, that they can learn business skills, that they can do this and make this work. Um, so it's been absolutely brilliant to hear your story and also the time, I think you're saying, the timeline of, of getting to a place in yourself which has taken you you know, into your 50s mm, to, yes. for all that to come together, to have the skills, to have the self-worth, to implement that, to have the support, to have the change in mindset. I mean, yeah. And, yes, and, and I also know, you know, women do get a rum deal because a lot of, a lot yeah. of you are raising kids. And I'm, I'm in awe. There's a couple of artists I know, you know, or definitely more than a couple that I follow and I'm familiar with their work and they've got newborn babies or babies or toddlers or kids still at home and you know they they're still doing work and they're still producing art and that to me that's incredible yeah. you know and, and that I find that incredibly I, I I look at them and go well that that is success Yes. Um, I, I did make a choice. I didn't have children. I, I've had stepchildren and stepchildren at home. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't have babies. So mm. I, I didn't have, I didn't lose 10 years, if you like. Mm. So women who have children, raise children, are the main caregivers and yet still manage to produce art. Oh, the, you pat yourselves on the back because... In my mind, that is incredibly successful. I totally, I totally agree with you. And shout out to all the the mum artists listening in. I, I think that's a, that's brilliant. I too have made that choice, and with not to have the children and to try and have the art, um, and that's fine too. But yes, absolutely, how they juggle it, and it's not even just the mum. Sometimes 
there's multiple layers of, of caring roles for women. Yes, yes. Like aging parents, yes. Um, sick relatives, etc. And it's the women that will. It's the women that yeah become that carer, which yeah, absolutely. So I think I think. Look, Gabby, you and I could go on for another hour probably talking about the, the complexity of all of that side, the gender side that comes into mm. it and something I'm very passionate about. But that's partly why this podcast exists and the various support that I offer to female artists because I think then it's about female artists helping each other mm. um, and, and we need community and we need support because of the complexity of our roles often. Mm. Yes, that's true. So the the other thing I just wanted to say in closing, yeah, and this is about success. Um, and you know, I I've learned that myself as as well over the years because I watched people's rise and and you know I've been to a lot of shows. You you see, you know, you know I go to the opening of of an envelope because we have to see the artists. <laughs> You know, we we do. You, you see me pop if you follow my Instagram. You'll you'll see me. You know, I pop up every week at a, at someone's show because as artists, especially women artists, if we want to be supported, we've got to go out there, put our money where our mouth is, and support other artists. Get out there, go and see those shows. I've yes. done countless shows where six people have shown up. Yes. And yeah, and then I learned that you know you've got to go and support women and other artists if you want to be supported. So I do. Mm. But in closing, I just want to um, talk a little bit about success because, you know, I think I don't know what's happened in the last twenty years, but you know, I, I call it the Kardashian effect. But everybody's house looks perfect. Everybody's driving a BMW. Everybody's eating out. You know, fabulous meals and everybody's wearing gorgeous dresses and and everybody's going on fantastic holidays you know for myself yep we live in an unrenovated slum my instagram shots <laughs> don't show just don't show the mountain of washing and and you know, the, the un, unswept floors and the, and the the literal pile of paintings sitting in the living room floor you know um we don't drive a nice car. We've always driven a, a shitbox for forever and I'm just pleased that I haven't put the latest dent in it, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm buying Woolworths' own brand everything and, and you know, I, I cook everything from scratch because, no, I'm not, not, you know, can't afford to eat out five days a week. So, look, my own situation, the way I define myself um, and my own success is... At 52, and on the 19th of October, 2018, I define myself as hugely successful. I just feel hugely successful. And you know why? I get up in the morning and I'm excited about what I'm going to do because even though I've got to get some work out of the way, I am sitting at home painting. Am I making money? I actually am. Mm -hmm. Am I earning minimum wage? Probably not, <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. with my art income. But I don't I I don't find that bad. It's it's I'm hugely successful by doing what I'm doing and able to put food on the table and living a, the best life I can. So for me it's not about money, it's not about clothes I'm wearing or the handbags, you know, look. 
there was one one year where everything I had to have was Prada. You know, now I'm shopping at, at Finney's and I'm loving it because every time I do do the odd uh, corporate meeting and I go into a, a, a large high-rise office and into a cubicle, fa- car, a cubicle farm, I break out into a cold sweat <laughs> because I don't, ha- I don't have to do that anymore. Touch wood, I really don't want to return. Please don't make me go back. But... <laughs> But that's how I define my success. So it's not about money. It's not about money. It's not about how good your Instagram is. It's not even about how many Instagram followers you have. I don't have that many. Um, But I find I just feel hugely successful in myself because I'm just so happy in what I do. Gabby Malpas, that is absolutely superb to hear. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for sharing who you are and what you're doing with us um, on this Creative Life podcast. Thank you for being the person you are and for producing the work you do for the world. Um, Thank if, you. If people want to find you, um, what, what's the best way to find you? You can look at my website. It's gabbymalpass.com. Instagram is Gabby Malpass. Um, Facebook is Gabby Malpass Artist, hyphen artist. But and I'm also on Pinterest, so just just Google Gabby Malpas, and I'm pretty sure something will come up. That's fantastic. So it's G A P Y M A L P A S. Gabby Malpas, you have been a wonderful, wonderful guest to speak to this morning. I feel so inspired. Um, <laughs> I think this is great, and um, congratulations on all the success you have had. Uh, Licensing is a really interesting area. It's one thing I was very keen to kind of chat to you about and share with other artists that might be wanting to head in that direction and you've been an inspiration. Thanks for being Oh, great. No, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to listen to me. It's, oh, it's, it's great. Thanks for listening. And have a, have a great day. Thanks, Gabby. And you see, you, see you at the show. See you, see you then. Okay. Bye now. Thanks, Gabby. Bye now. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast, This Creative Life. I'm Felicity O'Connor. You can find out more about my programs at www.felicityoconnor.com or the Art Activator program for women artists is bit.ly forward slash art activator program or any practicing artists are warmly welcomed along to our fantastic Facebook member group which is called From the Easel. So if you're a practicing artist and you'd like some community, online community and support, please jump into From the Easel and we'll warmly welcome you there to join our discussions. Thanks again. Until next time, stay creative.